You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. Welcome to the Father's House. My name is Lauren Early, and I have the privilege of bringing the word to you this morning. Um, can I just first say, how many of you came to our marriage, our first marriage workshop? Look at these hands. Y'all give them a hand clap on uh, Thursday night. I think we had, Pastor Faith, did you say 30? We had 30 couples for our very first marriage workshop night. It was more like a date night this first time, and it was just tons of fun. Pastor Nathan um, was a talk show host for the night, and that was fun. He was in prime character. But what I loved is seeing couples laugh together and learn about one another and also meet new couples. So for those who came, thank you so much. We had so much fun, and there will be more to come. Um, Let's go ahead and get in the Word this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. We are going to look at the story where Jesus is calling his first disciples. Now, there's something called, if you're, if you're studying scripture, there's something called the, the law of first mention. And the law of first mention is this idea and this concept in scripture that if something is brought up for the first time, or if you're seeing it for the first time, you need to pay attention to it because it's setting a trajectory for what this looks like, right? So here we are in Luke 5, and we're seeing where Jesus is calling his first disciples. So we're going to read it first, and then we're going to get in. Do we have it for the screen, verse 1? Look, we're going to go all the way through 11. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gensaray, I looked that up, y'all, how to pronounce it, um, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So let's pause there for just a second. What we're seeing here is Jesus has been teaching. There's lots of crowds. There's two boats. And then Jesus decides to get in one of them. And the one boat that he decides to get in happens to be Simon Peter's boat. Now, we don't see if Jesus asks but he just gets in, and it certainly looks like Simon is not objecting to Jesus getting in his boat. So Jesus gets in his boat, and then there's this progression that starts to happen. Jesus gets in Simon Peter's boat, and then Jesus asks him to take it out a little ways. So I want you to look at how this whole story progresses. He says, after taking it out a little ways, in verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, everyone say, because you say, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. 
So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up to the shore, up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that you desire to teach us and show us more of who you are through your word. So Lord, I pray that you would have your way here this morning. There would be nothing from my mouth that doesn't come from you. Teach us, help us to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I was talking to my son. He is nine. He's in kids' ministry with Pastor Daryl this morning. We were on our way to church, and he was asking if I was nervous. And I said, every time I'm nervous. And he was asking what I was going to preach on because he said the Bible's confusing. And so I started to, to go through the story with him. And he was saying, it was really cool. He said, I love, he's like, I'm jealous. I said, well, why are you jealous? And he said, I'm so jealous that the disciples got this invitation, because I had used the word invitation, to partner with Jesus, like, in the flesh. And I said, yeah, I mean, I get that. I said, but do you know what? As, as Jesus ascended, went into heaven, he said he was giving us a companion. And so we now, as he's inviting us to follow him, we get to see him face-to-face in a different way. We get to experience him. We don't have to just follow the man Jesus. That's why the crowds were pressing against him, right? The Bible says at the beginning of this story, there were crowds, and there were so many that Jesus had to get in the boat and then pull out because everybody wanted to be close to him because that was the only way to get close to God was to be close to Jesus. And now we have full access to Jesus through the Holy Spirit and because Jesus died for us. And so now we can encounter him, we can follow him, we can walk with him daily, right? So if we look in this story, when Jesus is calling his first disciples, I mentioned the word progression. It starts kind of small, you know? It's like, okay, there's Simon Peter's boat. It's no big deal for Simon Peter to let Jesus set in his boat. And then it progresses. Simon Peter, take my boat out. Okay, I guess we'll, you know, fire the boat back up, move it out a little bit. Takes a little bit more from Simon Peter to get the boat out, right? Especially because he's been, what we learned later, is he's been in that boat fishing all day. He wasn't with Jesus when they were teaching. He's been working all day. And I would say he's been working and experiencing significant disappointment all day. And yet Jesus says, hey, I'm actually not done. You don't get to go home right now. Can you take your boat out? And Simon Peter says, Sure. So he takes the boat out. But then it progresses to a different type of invitation. And he says, I want you to put your nets out. I want you to put your nets out. You know, there's this kingdom principle that says, if you're trusted with a little, I will trust you with a lot, with much. And so Simon Peter's kind of proving this in this really fast-paced time. He starts with the little, 
He's letting Jesus sit in his boat. He's taking the boat out. But then he says, I want you to cast your net after Jesus is done teaching. And this is where Simon Peter's faith comes in. And you can see him kind of waver a little bit because you can see him kind of object. He says, well, Jesus, we've been fishing all day. We're tired. We've caught nothing. But if you say it, I'll do it. I think about this and the invitation that we have to follow Jesus. There's this place where we can start, and it looks like, you know, it's, we're starting kind of small. But as it progresses, each yes is a new opportunity, a new invitation to give up more of who we are and to trust him more. Right? And so at first, Simon Peter, it seems kind of small. But then here he is in front of crowds of people. He's exhausted. And he says, put your nets out. And I'm wondering what he must have felt. Because when God has asked me to do things from time to time, and I was leaning on my own understanding, it didn't make sense to me. And I was thinking, gosh, what are people going to think if I try to do this? You know, here Simon Peter is in front of hundreds of people, all of his partners that he's been fishing with throughout the day, his business partners, and Jesus asked him to do something that would potentially make him look really silly, to put his net out. It looks like Simon, you know, has this hesitation, but if you look right before this in chapter 4, Simon's already seen a sign of Jesus' faithfulness. Right before this invitation happens for Simon to follow him, Jesus heals Simon's mother-in-law. So Jesus heals Simon's mother-in-law. Simon Peter is out fishing for the day. He's not listening to Jesus teach. It says he's been fishing all day. Jesus has been teaching all day. And then Jesus asks him for something, and what comes, what has to come into his mind? Because he has that hesitation, right? But Jesus, we've been doing this all day. Is what had just happened, the encounter he had just had, where Jesus showed himself faithful, where Jesus showed himself powerful, where Jesus showed that he doesn't have to make sense to us in order to move and to work and to do something powerful. Scripture says, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. In all your ways acknowledge who he is, how he operates, how he loves you, how he cares for you. And this invitation at first starts with something small, but then it grows to something large, and then it gets even bigger when we go down into verse 8. Let's just go all the way down actually to verse 11. So whenever all of this happens and the, the boat is so full of fish, I wish I could, I mean, has anyone seen The Chosen? There's an episode of this, this, and then, um, you know, they take some of their own liberties with it. But it's such a powerful story, and my kids love watching it. And it's where they're kind of desperate, these fishermen, and they're amazed and in awe, and they're smelly, and they're sweaty, and they're dirty, and yet their boats are overflowing with fish, and there's just laughter breaking out because they experienced a miracle. But their miracle came because of their surrender. 
And so here we are with the same invitation. Here we go back to that law of first mention. Yes, the disciples were given this invitation in this moment to follow Jesus. He says, from now on, come and follow me. I will make you fishers of men. But after that invitation, there is this immense amount of surrender that happens. It says that they left everything and followed him. Every time, every time that he's asking us to be obedient to something, he's given us provision to do it. And so they give up everything to follow him. And it started so small, right? He asked for this. He asked for the boat. He asked for the net to be cast. And then it turns into, Lord, I'll give you everything. And so when we look at the invitation for us, the invitation to follow Jesus, I would say it's not just this invitation to follow him. It's an invitation to partner with him. It's not just I'm walking behind you and watching what you do. It's this invitation to walk side by side because they're in the boat together, y'all. They were in the boat together. They throw their nets over and then the miracle happens. Jesus was ahead of them, pointing down at them or just giving them instructions. He's with them. The verse that comes to my mind is from Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. It says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, we had some debate in our house um, this morning about what this verse means. And I told my husband, I said, I, I'm never going to go through my sermons right before with you anymore because we were going through it. Um, and and um, I was thinking about it. I looked up all these pictures of a yoke. And the yoke, typically, my love, has two places for oxen to put their heads in and it would gear and steer them, right? Sometimes, occasionally, there was a one, one yoke, but most of the time, it was two. And so what that looked like to me was this idea that when Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, is that there's not me doing this work of following him solo. That instead... There's this partnership where him and I are walking together doing what he has called me and created me to do. And I think sometimes it looks so heavy and it feels so heavy what he might be asking of us. I literally in the last month have been like, Lord, are you sure you want me to do this? Whatever this is. And feeling burdened and feeling heavy and feeling exhausted, my prayers have looked like this. Lord, I'm exhausted. And then sometimes I don't even get beyond that part. Lord, I'm exhausted. And I was asking and talking to friends who helped me process this and talking to my husband. And one of the things that came to my mind, Aaron said this to me as we were talking about that. 
he said, well, that's because you feel like it's supposed to be coming from you. I was exhausted because I wasn't yoking up with Jesus. I was trying to do things on my own. And that's when it gets too heavy. That's when it becomes exhausting. And so here Simon Peter is, and if he had fished all day, what did he catch? Nothing that was on his own. But when he partnered with Jesus, allowed Jesus in the boat, took the boat out, put the net over, something major happened, and it was miraculous, and it was not in his own strength. So for us who have been invited to partner with Jesus, he's not asking us to do it in our own strength. In fact, he's telling us not to. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Now there is a burden in following Jesus. There is a weight. But when he is with us and we rely on him, it is light. It is easier. And I don't have to strive. You know, that verse is actually, the yoke is easy, burden is light verse. is actually in context of the law. Where everyone then was working, the Pharisees were working and striving and trying to earn this connection and right standing with God. And Jesus comes on the scene and says, that's not possible. Stop working so hard. Stop striving. I've already, I'm doing this. This is mine to carry, not yours. But when you yoke up to me, you get some of those rewards, right? When we submit ourselves to him, yield is a word for this house. When we yield, when we say, Lord, I'm going to allow you to lead. I'm going to follow your direction. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. I'm going to trust in you. Surrender has to come only after trust. If you're struggling with surrendering to the Lord, I would say, check your trust. For Simon Peter, his trust was established because of what he had just seen. Because his mother-in-law just got healed and he saw miracles. Time and again in the Bible, we're told to recount his faithfulness to us. Time and again, it says, forget not all of his benefits, what he's done for you. If it is hard to trust, let me encourage you to go back to remember where he has shown up for you, where he has been faithful, where you have seen him move, even in the small things, even in the small things, what he has protected you from. Some of us are saying, well, I'm not experiencing a miracle. I've been asking God for this over and over and over again, and I haven't seen him move. And I'm asking you, what has he saved you from? What do you deserve that he has kept you from? That's his faithfulness. That's his faithfulness. I can think of so many things and so many times that I did not get what I deserved. And that was the Lord stepping in on my behalf. That's his faithfulness. That's right, amen, girl. That's right. So I want to encourage you this morning. Listen, we're all invited. Look to your neighbor say, you're invited. 
You're invited. You're invited to follow Jesus, but not just to follow. We go from glory to glory. It starts with following. And then it moves into partnering. Where I hear his voice. Where I know what he's doing. And I know how he's moving. And I'm not leaning on my own understanding because it certainly does not make sense in the flesh. Can we have our prayer team come up this morning? Do we have some music we can play? I just want to give you guys an opportunity first. Maybe you've never accepted that initial invitation to follow Jesus. Jesus is God's son. He lived a perfect life, a sinless life. And he died on the cross. Innocent blood shed so that our sins, our imperfections, our mess-ups could be forgiven. And then we could be in right standing with God. Have a relationship with him and a hope of a home in heaven. If you've never accepted church, would you stand with us this morning? If you've never said yes to that initial invitation of come and follow me, but you want to today, I would love for you to come up this morning and pray with our prayer team. They'll help you. They'll pray with you. They'll help you find out what your next steps look like. What does following Jesus look like? Maybe you have already said yes to following, but there are things that you're holding on to and you're saying, I'm not quite ready to surrender this yet. For Simon and for the disciples in this story, after they chose to follow, they chose to surrender and give everything up and to partner with Jesus. If you've been holding things back and not allowing him in on certain parts of your life and you are saying, Jesus, I want to partner with you in this area. Maybe it's your marriage Maybe you've been striving and trying to do it on your own and you're realizing that's not cutting it. Maybe it's parenting. You're striving and trying. You're reading all the parenting books and it's not helping. Jesus wants to partner with you. He's giving you those kids. Maybe it's in the area of anxiety where you can't stop worrying and stressing and trying to take the reins on your own. Jesus says, that's not for you to carry my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Surrender this to me. I'll partner with you. It'll be easier. It'll be lighter. Y'all, we're going to have just a time of prayer this morning. You can stay in your seats if you want. You can come to the front. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the invitation to not just follow you, but to partner with you. Lord, I pray that you would increase our trust, that you would help our unbelief in the areas where it feels too heavy, where the areas where it feels too hard, that we would stop striving and doing it on our own, but that we would give it to you. We would walk side by side with you. I pray for a revelation of how much you love us. 
I pray for a greater understanding that you don't want us to do this alone. That we're not meant to. For those of us who feel like we have something to prove, God, I pray that you would dismiss that lie. Jesus, you've done everything. You've made a way where there is no way.